We are all the way up to uh, Jeremiah 42. We're trying to go uh, one chapter a week, and we started, I think, January of 20. So a little over a year we've been in the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> and uh, I've kind of had a... Uh, I, printed, I printed out all these in... Uh, on my printer at work, and I left him at work, I guess. So anyway, it's a bit of scramble, but does everybody have a handout now? Uh, Jim, I think this one was for you, brother. Okay, cool. So uh, anyway, thank the Lord for my wife, because uh, I, I did save him to Dropbox, and I guess you can access that from anywhere. And So Angie scrambled around and found him on Dropbox, and so... Thank the Lord for my wife. And yes. Luke got here and did all the printing. Yeah, Luke just printed them. So these are hot off the press. That ink might still be wet. <laughs> How do they perforate the paper? <laughs> you don't want to know, Steve. There's a perforator machine they have. You mean? Like in the bulletin? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little. Oh, oh. Put little lines in it. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, we've got a pretty fancy copier, and uh, we got a really good deal. For a year, several years, we just rented a copier, and uh, owning our own was way cheaper and cheaper per copy, and so we've got a nice copier. But uh, anyway, Jeremiah 42. Trying to think of anything else we need to announce. Uh, Big Dave, are, are you happen to be going to to uh, the Dominican yourself on that mission trip, or do you know? I would like to. Okay. It'd be a good trip. Uh, Pam says she's tentatively planning. No, no, I don't know the dates. Uh, the the uh, rough date I heard was either October or November, but. That's not even so. Don't don't quote me on that. But I did see those months. So okay, Jeremiah forty-two. Uh, some of you know this is uh, pretty shortly after the destruction of Jerusalem. <clears throat> and uh, just to give you just a little bit of a a little history, <clears throat> when uh, the children of Israel came up out of Egypt, uh, the Lord showed Moses a pattern to make the tabernacle out of and we actually have kind of a simulated tabernacle on top of that bookshelf up there and uh, we we won't really talk about that uh, or show that today but so they had that for their their wilderness journey they would the tabernacle uh, do do you know in in the New Testament Paul said that if this earthly tabernacle was destroyed, that we have a home, a house not built with hands, eternal in the heavens. And uh, the Greek word for tabernacle in the New Testament is the word uh, skine. It's where we get the word skin. And so our body is like a tabernacle. And so just like that uh, tabernacle was portable, our, our bodies are portable. Some of us, we all traveled to get here this morning. And uh, But... But when when, uh, King David was able to conquer the promised land, uh, God gave him a heart to build the Lord a house uh, in the promised land at Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. 
And uh, God forbid him to, to build that because he was a man of war and he had shed blood. But God honored his request and let his son Solomon build the, ta- the temple. And it was a permanent structure. It was a uh, the central, kind of the... It would be... Uh, probably even more prominent than like our White House or our Capitol building, you know, famous famous landmarks the, the temple was the centerpiece of Jerusalem and uh, <clears throat> but God's people uh, became idolatrous they wouldn't hear God, they wouldn't hear his prophets, they discounted his word and uh, they were wholly given into idolatry and God kept sending them prophets and they would kill prophets and they would beat prophets. And when we get to Jeremiah's time, he is known as the weeping prophet. And he was just so uh, heartbroken. I think uh, eight, eight or ten times it says he wept. And he, he wrote the book of Lamentations. And to you kind of know what lament is. If we lament, we're just... And that that is his lamentation over the destruction of Jerusalem. So that actually happened in chapter 39 of Jeremiah that Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians they came in they destroyed Israel they broke down the walls they burned the houses they burned the tavern, the temple they took uh, people captive and so what they did was they left the poor people of the land at Jerusalem so what, what we're reading here is Jeremiah this weeping prophet he's left with the poor people of the land they've already carried away the princes the uh, the priests the, the prominent people and uh, they killed some of the men of war there was pestilence and famine so you know we really can't imagine but um, I took a mission trip to Russia I, I was in Russia on 9-11 it was, uh, it was called Belarus it's called White Russia and it's around the, the city of Minsk, Belarus uh, it was Rotumka village it was about 20 miles from Minsk and so we were walking dirt streets and we were handing out uh, Bible we were trying to witness through a translator and uh, that, that's where I was at when a car came around and said hey there's been an attack on the Pentagon you got to get back to the church. So that that's where I was at. We all kind of know where we were at, and that was before cell phones. And I couldn't call Angie. And uh, all a hundred Americans had one landline that we shared, and we kind of could call home. But um, anyway, uh, the reason I mentioned that is we we went through. Uh, Poland. We went through Warsaw, Poland. That's where our plane landed. And then we had to take a train on to Russia. And, um, but Poland was a war-torn country. And there was still monuments. And so I, I kind of picture Jerusalem like that where people are oppressed. Everything's destroyed. Walls broken down. And the people are just very downtrodden. And so that that's the poor people that were left of the land. And um, so anyway, when, when we pick this up in, in uh, chapter 42, those poor people that are left, they really don't have a leader. And they're coming to Jeremiah and they say, Jeremiah, please pray for us. We need God's direction. Tell us where we need to go and we will obey. So, you know... 
all all their kindred, all their friends, all their family have either been killed or taken off to captivity, and they're like Jeremiah, just tell us tell us what we need to do, and uh, so. Uh, let, let's pick up in verse uh, 1, 2, and 3 of Jeremiah 42. And uh, Marcy, would you would you mind reading that verse, first three verses? Then all the captains of horses of Jehonan, the son of Korea, Jezaniah, the son of Messiah, and all these people, from the least even unto the greatest, came here. Jeremiah the prophet, let we, let we beseech thee our supplications to be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God. Even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many of thine eyes behold us, that the Lord thy God may shew us in way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may, the thing that we may do. Well, right there at the end of what Marcy read, uh, I gave you a blank on your handout, and I, I just I put the word walk in there because that's what she read. She said, uh, "Shew us or show us the way wherein we may walk, and the thing that we may do." So they're saying, Jeremiah, please pray for us, and we need to we need to walk the way you want us to walk. And I really uh, thought about that a lot here. That's a great prayer request, isn't it? And on all of us, and uh, we talk about that in recovery is you know taking that next right step. And isn't that all really walking is? It's that forward, progressive, step by step. And uh, so, some of us were at the we had a discipleship conference yesterday here, and. He said something that really kind of resonates with me, and, and he's going to be our preacher this morning. Our, our pastor's not preaching this morning, so I'm sorry uh, you, you're not able to hear him. Our pastor is here, but uh, it's Pastor Gary Haskell from uh, Jackson, Pennsylvania, is our is our speaker this morning. But he he taught our discipleship conference, and he said um, people don't really grow by step; they, they grow by stages. And because uh, you know, even uh, you know, we have an infant here, right? And uh, his name's Noah. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of the next stage for him is going to be a toddler, right? He's, he's going to walk, mm-hmm. and it's going to take kind of some steps before he's a toddler. So I think those steps are included in the stages, and he, even as a toddler. It's going to take a lot of toddling before he, you know, uh, goes to school or, you know, uh, before he reaches his next stage as maybe becoming a child or a young man or a man. There, so th- those are stages, and there's really stages of spiritual growth. That was the guy's point. And when we come to the Lord, it's usually uh, through repentance. It's where we realize we're going the wrong way and we need to turn and walk uh, and turn to the Lord. We need to make that U-turn on the road of life, and uh, they, that stage is called repentance, and where we realize uh, we are wrong, we are sinners. Christ died for us; He loves us, and we need to turn to Him. And when we get saved, that that enters a stage called enlightenment, where man, the Holy Spirit's in me, and 
and I understand now and I get this and the Bible comes alive and and then uh, you know we, we, we learn to minister and, and uh, we learn some some uh, leadership development and uh, anyway those are just all stages but I, uh, let, let's all turn to hold your place here and let's look at Proverbs I think it's Proverbs 16.9 and uh, I'll just put that up here I don't know if anybody else had any thoughts. I just thought that was kind of profound that he said that. We don't really grow by steps. We grow by stages. And so uh, I I think there's individual steps within each stage. But um, who's got Proverbs 16.9 they can read for us? A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And, you know, uh, when you first get saved, you want to devise your way. I'm going to go walk toward the Lord, but maybe you don't know what church to go to. Maybe you don't know where to read at in your Bible. So God needs to direct those steps, doesn't he? And so I feel like... If you devise your way, it's like, okay, Lord, I am going to follow you. That's kind of what these people in Jerusalem are saying. Lord, I'm going to follow you. Tell us tell us the steps to take to get there. And so Jeremiah is getting ready to pray for them. But I thought I'd talk about walking a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, to hold your place in Jeremiah. You can leave Proverbs and go to Genesis. There's a verse here in Genesis... And I think this is the first mention of the word. No, no, it's not the first mention of walking, but it's it's one of the first. But look at Genesis 13. <clears throat> and Angie, would you read 13:17 uh, for us? Arise, go down to Egypt, for I have and who do you think God's talking to there? Abraham, yeah. And so this may surprise you. In the Bible, that's what goes in your next blank is the word ownership. In the Bible, walking in the Bible uh, oftentimes represents ownership. And what God is telling Abraham is, Abraham, you need to arise and you need to walk in the length and the breadth of the promised land because that's the land I'm going to give you. And, you know, we know this is kind of distinctive with animals. I mean, uh, when I was on the farm, all of our fences had a path because all the animals walked the fences. (laughs) Dogs do that even, don't they? They, they've got a path around the fence and that that's their territory right and so uh, Abraham was instructed to walk through the promised land to lay hold on the inheritance that God promised him uh, you know when Moses was giving the children of Israel their final charge before, before going into the promised land he wanted them to know that Mount Seir belonged to Esau's descendants and that they couldn't even have a foot a foot breath of it. So they, uh, that was not their inheritance. That was given to Esau's descendants. 
uh, Caleb, when he claimed his inheritance based on what God said through Moses about the land he had walked on. So God told Caleb, the land that you walked on uh, 40 years earlier, that's that's the land I'm going to give you. And uh, the very first mention of walking in the Bible was when the voice of the Lord was walking in his garden, the Garden of Eden, which he planted. Uh, It says the voice of the Lord was walking in the coolness of the day. And so this is, uh, you know, so it's not... I know know these things are a little bit abstract, but, you know, the Bible tells us to walk in the Spirit, doesn't it? And when we do, we won't fulfill the lust of our flesh. So when when you talk about taking steps of faith and we walk in the Spirit... Then we 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 procure. We it's like, okay, I, I own this principle. I, I need to die to self. Or there's all these uh, Bible principles, and when we walk in them, and uh, that, that that's even you know uh, Pat Pat got to share with us that uh, he he got to witness to some people uh, on Friday, and. Uh, you know the Bible says that beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. He he was trying to share the gospel, and the Bible says that you have beautiful feet when you do that, and you're uh, that's part of the armor of God, isn't it? The your feet are to be shed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so anyway, all this uh, thing about walking, and and that's what these Jews are asking. Um, and do you know that? Uh, the devil is called the God of this world and he walks to and fro and up and down in it doesn't he that, that's pretty wild isn't it uh, when, when God asked the devil where he had been he said I've, I've been in the earth walking up to and fro and up and down in it and, that, and that's why he's called the God of this world and uh, the last verse I gave you there on your handout just Uh, this is in Job 31 it says doth not he see my ways and count all my steps so that's pretty wild thought isn't it for God to know he counts our steps and do do you know that's doctors say that's still the best exercise is to walk and a a healthy person should walk about 10,000 steps a day and so uh, some of us may have little step counters and so, any any other thoughts about walking or this first uh, verses here in Jeremiah? Let's go back to Jeremiah now in 42 because this is where Jeremiah promises to do that. And uh, Amit, I may have you read verses uh, 4 through 6 if you would. Back in Jeremiah 42. Then uh, Jeremiah... The prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it unto you. I will keep nothing back from you. How far did you say? Uh, five and six also. Then they said to Jeremiah, the Lord be a true and faithful witness between us. If we do not even 
if we do not even according to all things forth, to which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us, whether it be good or whether it be evil, and we will obey the voice of the Lord our God, to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. So, uh, this is a beautiful prayer request and and uh, it seems like a good thing you know God rather it be good or evil whatever you say we're going to do it but uh, we're going to and I'll just leave this little seed thought with you till the end but in their mind they had an idea of what they want where they wanted to go and we're going to see that and and all of us are kind of like that it's like Lord help me but this this is what I want but I'll do anything you say you know so that that's kind of how this prayer request goes and so uh, in verse 7 now let, let me read uh, verses 7 and 8 then it came to pass after 10 days that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah then called he Johanan the son of Kira, 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 and all the captains of the forces that were with him, and all the people from the least even to the greatest. So for ten days he prayed, and uh, God gave him an answer. And what we're going to read here <clears throat> is. Jeremiah is going to lay out their options. He's going to say, this is what happened, this is what God said, and now this is what's going to happen if you do do what he says. And uh, that next blank I had you was just the word blessing. And, and that's true, isn't it? The Lord will bless us if we're obedient to him. And so that that is true uh, even today. And so somebody read 9 through 12, uh, Pam, Pam Anderson maybe, uh, 9 through 12, those next three verses. And said unto them, This saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto whom you sent me to present your supplication before him. If you will still abide in the land, then will I build you, but not pull you down and I will thank you and pluck you up, for I repent me of the evil that I have done unto you. Be not afraid of the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Be not afraid of him, said the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. And I will show mercy unto you, that he may have mercy upon you, and cause you to return to the well of my now we we saw this last uh, last chapter, and uh, here we uh, in the previous chapter it said that they were afraid of the Chaldeans, and uh, what what I didn't say earlier is the the Babylonians had left a guy named uh, Gedaliah to be their leader. And someone had killed him, so they, they were afraid the Chaldeans were going to be mad at him because their leader got killed that the Babylonians had appointed over him. So so they had a fear, and and uh, this is relevant to all of we, we all have fears, don't we? And and 
I've had a, a pastor tell me really that the two greatest emotions we have are love and fear. And, and love will make us do things maybe we wouldn't do on our own. And, and fear causes us to, to do certain things. And, and Jeremiah is saying, guys, God is saying, don't fear the Babylonians. You're going to be safe. He said, uh, God is saying that we need to stay here in the promised land. That, that was the answer to prayer. They're saying, God, where would you have us to go? And God is saying, stay here. And that's what God's been telling them uh, the whole time. Uh, And he's saying, if you abide in the land, God will not, uh, he will build you up and he won't pull you down. He will plant you and not cause you to be plucked up. And God, it says he even repents of the evil. He he like, man, he hated to see his people destroyed, even though they were so disobedient. He had to, and uh, those of us with children, don't you hate to, wouldn't you a lot rather give gifts to your children and when they obey you? But at some point when they're disobedient, you have to punish them, right? And uh, it, it, hopefully it you know varies with the severity of what they've done. But uh, God is a good God. He's a good judge. And he's a fair judge. And he's like... uh, And I've told this to this class before. The point that God throws in the towel, it says, is when there's no remedy. When they won't hear the prophets, they won't obey the word, they're totally given to idolatry. There's a point where all of us have to punish our children. It's like, you know, kid, you gave me no other choice going to have to go by in the woodshed <laughs> and uh, so that that's what happened to God people but now now that that's happened he's saying you know I really I'm, I really repent that I had to do that and so there's the, the Lord shows some emotion here and he's saying uh, now just stay in the land and what, one thing I thought I would give you did everybody get all their blanks because I'm going to erase this for a minute it was walk and ownership and blessing and afraid. <clears throat> and um, I hope that, hope this makes sense. The, one of, one of the one of the main reasons we can trust the Lord is he he never changes. That's what it says in Malachi. Uh, that's kind of what I thought as I read this. I, God's still saying the same thing: stay in the land, trust me, obey. And you'll be okay. And so uh, let me draw just kind of a little XY axis here. And uh, this bottom axis is time. And uh, let's draw this this way. So that's the word faithful. And uh, let's say, uh, I'll just use me for an example. So, so I got saved in 1992, and I, I trusted the Lord as my Savior. It was uh, March the 13th in Peculiar, Missouri, and um, you know, as time goes on, you know, I, I want to be faithful to the Lord. And, uh, you know, 
I've obviously stumbled. And, uh, you know, even when we sin, we, we don't lose our salvation, but we, we break fellowship with God. And so, you know, th- this might be how my, how my walk with the Lord has been. And so, uh, all of you, or at least Pastor Brian, trust me to lead this class, right? So, so what this is, is this is a trust chart. And we, we all have had varying degrees of faithfulness. But, uh, if this, if this is God... And this is a zero faithfulness, and this is 100 faithfulness. Uh, God has always been faithful, hasn't He? You know, God is is always faithful. He doesn't change. And uh, Jesus, in Hebrews, it says He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So, God, God and Jesus are always faithful. That's why we can trust them, right? You know, trust me as long as I'm trusting the Lord and following His Word, but we can always trust God. So that, that's what I saw kind of in this, in this passage here. The answer to prayer is, guys, I love you. You know, if you just be obedient and follow me, you're going to be fine. Don't be afraid of the, the Chaldeans because uh, I'm always faithful. So, any, any thoughts about that as we, you know, and think about that in relationships. What, what I didn't draw, there, there's kind of almost a, a counterpart. To, there's, there's almost an unfaithfulness. So, you know, let, let's, let's say, and I haven't, let's say I cheat on my wife. You know, she just lost all her trust in me, right? I was unfaithful. And uh, I can apologize to her, and hopefully she forgives me, but that, that just gets me back up to ground zero. You, you can forgive, but she may not be able to trust me. It's going to take me being faithful over time again trust me again right and so I I want to give that example this you know this line is you know forgiveness unfaithful and faithful and I don't know does that kind of make sense and uh, because once that trust is broken you know you you do have to have some faithfulness over time to be able to trust that person again but it's not so with the Lord We, we can always Trust him, amen. amen. <coughs> Steve, to what you just said, yeah. I was gambling, and like Kenny mm. didn't have any idea what was going on. Mm. To what you, you broke said, their trust. I broke my trust, and now, yeah, it's been, you know, I mean, I've gotten there's some other trust that, but there's mm. always that, you know, they want you back to yeah. them, and you, yeah. have to, you show them they're going to walk that line and do, yeah. They might have to battle with themselves. I love mom, and she's a good mom, but yeah, but uh, she did this. Where's she at tonight? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And they have every right to. Yeah, because I did her out with a bunch of money too. Yeah, you know. And yeah, Jimmy has to look at the bank account and go, "Okay, mm-hmm. is Rosie dipping into this? Mm. 
you know, is she painful? Yeah. And so, yeah, so. When you hurt somebody, it takes them a long time. And not, the good Lord, though, he tries to say, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. Mm. Right, right. So you do. You just gotta uh, trust in the Lord. That you know. Just keep trying. Keep working on Rosie, Lord. Well, let's look at thirteen through eighteen. So we're back to Jeremiah. Good, good, good comment. And uh, okay, uh, who would read? 13 through 16. 13, 14, 15, 16. I'll read it. Okay, yeah, Brian. Uh, but if you say, we will not dwell in this land, you 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 Hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you wholly set your faces to enter into Egypt and go to Sodom and there, uh, then it shall come to pass Yeah, so so blessing if you obey and uh, cursing if you disobey. I think I might have... I didn't put that. Hey, uh, if we could hold our place there and look at Ezekiel. I think it's uh, chapter 30 and verse 15 and 16. Uh, Pat, I may have you read that. So... In the previous section of verses there that we read, there was blessing uh, right here, Pat. This uh, Ezekiel 30. Uh, but now there, there's cursing if you disobey. If, if you decide to... And this is what I was getting at earlier is in their mind, they're like, Jeremiah, pray for us. Which way we should go? But in their mind, they're like, I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to Egypt. I want to go to Egypt. Yeah. And so Jeremiah is saying... Stay in the land. Don't go to Egypt. And uh, there's something very interesting here that Pat's going to read in verse 15 and 16 of Jeremiah, or Ezekiel 30. Yeah. The strength of Egypt, and I will cut off the multitude of no, and I will set fire in Egypt. Sin shall have great pain, and no shall be rent asunder. And Nah shall have distresses. Yeah. So Egypt has a city called Sin. That's not Vegas. It's it actually has a city. That's that's where the name the Sinai Peninsula got its name. The the Sinai Peninsula, the wilderness of sin. And it, I gave you a blank there. The remnant says no to God. It's just kind of interesting. There's a city called No, and uh, so. Anyway, uh, that, that's what goes in your blank on the back of your first page there, or your only page, I guess. So there's some negative answer to prayer. There's cursing for disobedient. These uh, people from Judah, they were deceived. No, I think you put your blank somewhere Yeah, I put it at the t- in the... Type of the... Oh, now that's... Uh, so 
Roman numeral three, remnant says no to God. So that and the, the next blank is it's a. T- yeah, it's, it's hard to see that. Blank. It's hard to see that blank. So, uh, yeah. No, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. It's Roman numeral three. Uh, remnant says no to God. Uh, if they set their faces to go to Egypt, the sword is going to overtake them as well as the famine, and they will die there. So, nobody wants to die. And then uh, read 17 and 18. Uh, Sarah Lewis, would you read 17 and 18? So shall it be with all the men that set their faces to go into Egypt to sojourn there. They shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. And none of them shall remain or escape from the evil that I will bring upon them. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as mine anger and my fury have been poured forth upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so shall my fury be poured forth upon you. When ye shall enter into Egypt, and ye shall be an execration, and an astonishment, and a curse, and a reproach, and ye mm-hmm. shall this place, you shall see this place. No yeah. So this is a pretty pretty harsh. You're going to be a excretion like they're gonna you'd be like poop mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh, horrible <clears throat> now we're kind of in the time we got left we're going to talk about Egypt a little bit and uh, let's do this let's have all the girls go to Exodus we don't want it. <laughs> just turn to the book of Exodus <laughs> and let's have all the guys uh, do the Hebrews this will be good uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen. and Marcy you were asking about this maybe you can represent the ladies and do the Exodus 22, 21. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Uh, so it's talking about Egypt, and there's strangers there. And then uh, guys. Who wants to represent the guys? Zach, do you want to? Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having even far off. Okay. Now that's talking about Exodus, and it's saying that they both of those places said they're strangers. And one says that they're strangers in Egypt, and here they're strangers in the world. Did everybody see that? So that that's as good as cross reference. And, and so what what we're saying are strangers in the earth. It said. Uh, and so. Uh, 
Egypt in the Bible almost always, maybe always, has a negative con- connotation. It, it's, it's referred to, so l- look at your handout there, the bullet points I've got you under that teaching point. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, Egypt has cities named Sin and No. We just read that. Pat did. And Egypt finds, or Israel finds themselves being afflicted and in hard bondage with taskmasters over them in Egypt. They had burdens and they were made to serve with rigor and the Egyptians made their lives bitter, the Bible says. So since Egypt is a type of the world, I realized that I was afflicted and in bondage to sin before I was saved, just like the children of Israel in Egypt. The way out of these burdens for you and I is by the blood of the Lamb, just as Israel was delivered by the Passover Lamb. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That is just uh, really, really rich. That was the, uh, yeah, Zach? To be able to tie that into being humble and or having humility as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it would be. Uh, um, so I, I don't know if you, uh, we probably maybe realized the tenth plague on Egypt was the death of the firstborn. And the way that none died in your house is if you had the blood of the lamb painted on the post of your door. And so uh, I remember seeing just a Facebook post that it says uh, that God didn't check to see if people in the house were worthy. They just checked to see if there was blood on the doorpost. So, you know, rich, poor, young, old, regardless of uh, your, you know, place in life we, we can all be saved by the blood of the lamb we, we can only be saved by the blood of the lamb and that's what John the Baptist said about Jesus behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world uh, So, but just like we're reading here Israel continually wanted to go back to Egypt just like our old sin nature uh, wants to pull us back and cause us not to follow God to the promised land and so the reason for this is perhaps is because Egypt has the appearance likened to the garden of the Lord. In other words, Egypt looks like paradise, uh, but, but it's not. And it's kind of interesting, the word gypsy is derived from Egyptian and represents a nomadic people, uh, typically devious, some prostitutes and swindlers who are pagan and often uh, connected with the occult uh, that try to gyp you. We say, you know, somebody's trying to gyp me. It it comes from the word Egyptian, from gypsy. So, uh, anyway, I put, it is interesting to note that the word Egypt does not appear in any of the books written to the church because the church has been delivered out of the world or Egypt. That's pretty cool too. Isn't it? If you just do a word study on Egypt, I think you might find it in the Gospels, but none of Paul's books has the word Egypt in it. It's found in Revelation right at the end of the Bible. But none of the, none of the church epistles have that. And I gave you a verse there, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. And then, uh, I thought this was a neat quote. Egypt was the land of not enough. The wilderness was the land of just enough. 
But the promised land is the land of more than enough. Because uh, Christ uh, wants to give us the abundant life, and that's what abundant means. It means more than enough. Uh, let's all look at one more verse about Egypt. It's in Leviticus. It's uh, Leviticus 18. I thought this was a good uh, verses 3 and 4. You okay, Gina? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. She's having some pain this morning. Uh, okay. Pam Jackson, I haven't asked you to read any, I don't think. Would you read these for us? Leviticus 18, 3 and 4. After the doings of the land of Egypt, and after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall you not do? Neither shall you walk in the ordinances. You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. So God's people are to be separate and, and they're not to do like the people of Egypt uh, or or the, the Canaanites that were there before them. So I just thought that was pretty good too. Just we shouldn't we shouldn't not only should we not go back to the world, just don't act like the world. Don't don't uh, be be like them. We don't have to be like the world to help people in the world. Right. That's yeah, you know, it says in Romans 12 there to uh, be not conformed to the world. Kind of in the world, but not of the world. And uh, But yeah, we can definitely help. And um, kind of the line we don't cross is we don't go drinking with people to reach our alcoholic buddies. We, we don't need to do that. But we can definitely help them. That, that's so good. A friend of mine says, "We don't have to eat out of a trash can to know there's trash in there." <laughs> so, all right, back to Proverbs 42. Now we'll finish out. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jeremiah 42. Did I say Proverbs? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah 42, and uh, I don't know who hasn't read yet. Uh, Big Dave. Maybe we're back to you, brother. Uh, read 19 for us. Verse 19 of 42 of Jeremiah. The Lord has, has said concerning you, O you remnant, remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt. Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. Yeah, that, that's a hard word, admonished. And I gave you a definition on your handout I thought was pretty good. Jeremiah is saying, you know, Judah, he, he is admonished. God has told you clearly this day, I'm going to bless you if you obey me. You're going to get a curse if you disobey. And so it's kind of a warning. So I, the word admonished means to re- reproved, advised, warned, or instructed. And so it's kind of like telling little Noah there, Noah, don't touch the hot stove. I'm admonishing you. I'm warning you. Don't touch the hot stove. And if he does, he's going to 
get uh, burned and if not he'll he'll remain healthy and safe so that's kind of what Jeremiah is doing to the people of Israel with the word of God and in uh, verse 20 uh, Brian would you read 20 for us for you dissembled in your hearts when you sent me unto the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us unto the Lord our God, and according to, unto all that the Lord our God shall say, so declare unto us, and we will do it. And I gave us a definition of that word dissembled. We don't probably use that word, but the word dissembled means concealed under a false appearance or disguised. And so, yeah, if, if Robert's got it there, it's like Jew, these people were wearing a mask. They're saying, oh, pray for us. We want to do what the Lord says. But in their heart, it, it was dissembled. It was disguised. Secretly, we want to go down to Egypt. We heard there's good water. Where there's good whatever there. And so they, they dissembled. And then uh, the last two verses... Uh, Sarah Lewis, would you read those for us, uh, 21 and 22? And now I have this day declared it to you, but ye have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God, nor anything which he hath sent me unto you. Now therefore know certainly that ye shall die by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence, in the place whither ye desire to go and sojourn. Yeah, that last word, uh, sojourn, I, I gave you a definition there. And uh, that word's a little bit convicting to me. I don't know if it is to you. They're desiring to go to Egypt, and so, sojourn means to dwell for a time. And uh, you may be like me, but you know... I'm not going to go full bore back into my old sin, but I kind of like to go there for a short time sometimes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I still have these desires and appetites that are not healthy, and like I just want to, I just want to do this for, I just want to sojourn there. And uh, but it, it, it's unhealthy that, that they wanted to. Uh, I, I just put this in in your last blank was just the word desire. And I think Pat talked about this a couple weeks ago on Friday. Just the the word lust means desire. They had this lust or desire to sojourn in Egypt. And anyway, that um, maybe that's convicting to you. Or uh, I know some of you are shaking your head, and we all kind of get that because we all have this uh, flesh. And, and, and I was reading about this. Uh, I read uh, Romans chapter 7 today. And uh, Paul, Paul in, in Romans 7 is saying, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I hate, that I do. And he, he says, in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And when I would do good, evil is present with me. And and then he kind of concludes, I thought this was really cool, he says, so with the mind I follow the law of God, but with my body the law of sin. And he, he, he realized he's been circumcised spiritually and his flesh is cut away. And But I think we all... Uh, you know, according to the Bible, we're, we're like that, aren't we? We 
with the with with our mind we want to serve the Lord and follow him but boy we get out in the world and our flesh is pulling us this way and well, we, we live in Laodicea and it's got a hum and an attraction that we're just we just gravitate towards mm. you know? those attractions are yeah. The shiny things that we all yeah. chase after. Fatal. Yeah. Fatal. Yeah. Yeah. So, any, any other thoughts? We might close up a little early. Well, Steve, to what you were saying there about, you know, going back to our prize problems. I know there's times I'm like, I could go down to the casino, win thousands of dollars, and get, you know, five brand new. Yeah. But I know if I go down there, it's a slippery, it's slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, but I'll be right back to square one. Yeah, yeah. It's not. You can't. Yeah, you, it's not worth it. So yeah, it's just better not even to start down. I, that, that's good. Any, any other thoughts, Sarah? You're shaking your head. Yeah, but sometimes I mean the things of, of my past. Mm-hmm. When things are rough or not having any to go of it, or when it's really yeah, and you are having to go of it, you're like, I can't just do that. Just Kind of no. hang out, have a good time. Hmm. Them. No, hmm. no, you can't. It's the ways of the world. Yeah. Those are the things that you know you need to stay away from. Even though it's it's, you think you have a grip on it, but there's something in the back of your head that does yeah. do that. Hmm. Like I can I can do this just just a little bit. Yeah. And well, I haven't read ahead too far, but the Israelites do end up going down to Egypt, and yeah. most of the people he's talking to die there and so it's it is like you're saying a fatal attraction there Brian but uh, yeah so you know obviously I mean we can see it so plainly with them you just obey you're already in the promised land stay there but with us it's harder to see and I was even uh, you know I can work out at the gym pretty faithfully for a couple weeks and I feel good and then I think, you know, the next week, it's kind of easier to sleep in. And I, I seen something on Facebook that said, the secret of my success is show somebody working out is consistent. And boy, isn't that hard to be consistent? With, with almost anything good, it's hard to be consistent. We say, we're going to read the Bible this year. And we get so far and look around, notice your friends are not reading the Bible. And it's just easier to maybe to do something else. So... Anyway, those are times we need to really pray through, and uh, you know, we're. I just read, you know, yesterday I read Romans chapter six. That's where it says that we are dead indeed unto sin, and that was just kind of a slap me awake. Just like I'm dead to sin. I don't have to go back and do those things. Uh, uh, you know, and maybe if you're here and you have stumbled, you don't have to stay there. You know, the Bible says a righteous man falleth seven times and riseth again. So there, there is hope in, in the Lord and he is faithful all the time and we can trust him and just come back. So uh, I'm just going to sign off on Facebook, uh, Jim. And uh, Pat, maybe I'll have you pray us out. You might just stand up and turn around where people can hear you. But uh, we're going to pray and be dismissed and meet uh, our new folks here and uh, so thank you for joining us on Facebook and we're going to close out Father we we come to you this morning and uh, thank you for your word Uh, 